Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk, brought to you by Leon. Leon is creating the world's happiest, healthiest, highest performing generation of employees ever, using data-driven insights and playbooks to help managers systematically level up their team's health, resilience, and culture. Real Talk is where we share health strategies, interview experts, and deep dive topics focused on building happier, healthier, more resilient human beings. Enjoy. Good. Well, Brian, episode this this we're finally doing the one where we're sitting down, right? Yeah. So I don't know if this is episode one or like episode seven hundred and sixty-five of you and I just rapping about stuff via Leon or anything else that we do. Yeah. No. Exactly. And especially, uh, I think it's we're doing something unique. We're breaking the mold by coming out with the foundation episode of what real talk is, like seven episodes in, which is awesome. People maybe have a little bit of a feel. Um. You know, I thought today, like for the sake of this conversation, what would be a really good basis is just talking about, I think, kind of Leon's mission slash your mission of building happier, healthier people using data, though, not guesswork. Sure. Um, why don't you share a little bit about what, what what's your personal mission? What's Leon's mission? How do the two collide? What are we doing here? Yeah, so, um, you know, if you really look at it, right, like most most people are unhappy in their jobs. Yeah. Right? Um, like when we opened up Leon to the public, you know, we opened up with this concept or this idea that 85% of employees hate their job, right? Um, and really that rings true is that, you know, most people, their, their biggest stressor in life is their job. Um, their, the most time they spend anywhere is, you know, in their job and in their career, you know, even more so than their families. Um, or their hobbies or personal life or whatever have you, right? Like the job is sort of like all consuming, especially in the world that we live in, in tech today. Yep. And the majority of time, the, the reason that is, it's not because of sort of a cultural problem. Um, it's not because of the job itself. Most of the time it's, it's this like imbalance and mismanagement of stress and recovery, right? Um, you know, we just go nonstop. And this is why we go into this realm of, you know, if it's burnout or if it's mental health issues or if it's depression um, or just, just being generally unhappy with our careers, um, it's because we never give ourselves the time to sort of back off and recover, right? Right. And a lot and, of, go ahead. What's that? What were you going to say? I was just going to say a lot of it seems to be kind of compartmentalized too, right? Or like companies traditionally have kind of been like, all right, we're going we're gonna to give you stress. And then we're going to send you home and, and go deal with it. Right. But we all live lives. We have families, we have the things we like to do. We have bills, right? Like there's a pandemic going on. And so there's all sorts of stress going on there too. And it's kind of like companies for a long time have gotten away with like, we will be one side of the equation. We'll give you the stress, not necessarily taking much ownership of like how much, how can we help you recover? And I'm like something I'm really big on and that we've talked about a ton is this idea of like, not what does a company have to do, right? Like what's not the bare minimum, but like, what could they do? How good could they build their people? How much could they help their people be happier and more successful? And I think you're seeing like a lot of companies today, or, or at least the beginning of this is starting to see companies out there who, who take that stance on their people and just see their growth, like take off. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think more than anything else, you know, employees and just people in general, they want to be treated as individuals, right? They don't want to be treated as a number or anything along those lines within a company, you know, and for the past, say, you know, maybe 10 years, we've, we've companies have pushed towards this, right? This idea of company culture and creating like amazing work environments and all these other things, but they never got to the fact of like how we manage people is managing people, right? Like it's actually managing the way that I manage you or you manage me or anything else, right? There is no, there is no uh, one size fits all for anything, including mental health and burnout and resiliency and all of these other things. The way that you build resiliency or manage your mental health might be very different than the way that I manage my mental health. Right. Like there's strategies and there's heuristics that like sort of like encapsulize that of like things that maybe you could do. You know, but but management has become like this idea of let's get a ping pong table, let's get you know a some kombucha on tap, and let's do a mental health seminar, and quite honestly, let's check the fucking box, yep. and that's how we're going to manage the well being of our people, right? Um, I mean, if you really think about it, everything about work should be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, like agile to a certain extent, yep. right? The amount of hours that you work might be completely different than the hours that I choose to work, right? right? The thing is me choosing to work those hours is me choosing to work those hours, right? Like I feel like my mental health is better when I put in an eight hour day or a 10 hour day, where yep. yours might be better if you put in a four hour day, right? Like right. Everything, is so everything is so individualistic and as managers we have to look at that right and then we have to ask the questions is like is this the best way to manage Keller is this the best way to manage Brayden and more importantly is this the right time all right or is Brayden in the right space to implement this management Mm -hmm. strategy like we talk about comparing these things to sports all the time but it really is that right like if I'm training an Olympic sprint if I'm training with Sam Bolt I'm not just going to randomly throw shit at the, at the wall to see what works, right? I'm going to have a plan, right? Yeah. And that plan is going to be set in stone. But what's going to happen is I'm going to take feedback and I'm going to take data and I'm going to take uh, like my previous history of being a manager or coach, or whatever. All right. And I'm, I'm going to use that to make the, the sort of the management aspect of it sort of agile, right? And, and to make changes. And really that's what, and that's why you have companies like Gong and Ring DNA and all of these other companies you know, that are taking this like data focused approach because what it does, it changes the way that you manage people and the yep. experience that you give people, you know? We're going all coaching. Everyone's going in on coaching. And I think it's great too, because like, you know, I have my backgrounds in sales and coming from that background, something everyone knows is if you want different results, you put in different inputs, right? And so the company average might be like make 50 calls, 50 emails a day. If you do that, you're going to get 10 discovery calls. That's going to create like three, you know, RFPs or whatever, uh, you know, or proposals. And then from there, once a, once a quarter, you'll close a big deal. Right. And the company's like, there's your metrics. But if you go look at anyone outside of like that bell curve, that's doing well there, like, it looks nothing like that. Right. It might be yeah. 10 emails, zero calls, like a lot of now, you know, whatever. And so it's like, we understand that elite performance on the like KPI side of business tends to come from like atypical inputs right we're going like what's how can we reinvent the way we look at this to create better outcomes not like crunch more 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 
and not just like one size fits all yeah. for the wellness. It's like, here's your benefits package. Here's an EAP. If you really start feeling awful, you can call like these hotlines. And as an individual, you're kind of like, uh, all right, but it, should, but it should never have gotten there to begin with. Right. Like, yeah. and when you talked on like the 50 calls equals this amount of deals and whatever, whatever, like that, that concept is not, is not bad. Right. Like, but you have to consider that as like your, your MVP of yep. performance, like your minimal viable performance. Right. And that's, and that's what you do. Now you have to have data and, and feedback coming back to know when you need to pivot or change off of that. Right. Because what ends up happening, if you're so rigid and you're so sort of stoic in your response of like how you create OKRs or KPIs or anything along those lines, or just how you manage just people in general, what ends up happening is you needing that mental health console, right? Or you needing to take a you know a week off or two weeks off or just quitting your job in general, right? Because there's never been that iteration, right? And that's what management is, right? Management is setting out the OKRs or the KPIs, all right? And then iterating off of that based off the feedback that you get. But the problem is, is that, you know, like you said before, we have gone, we have ring DNA, we have all these things that are changing the way that we conduct business, but there's nothing coming in that is actually driving the way that we manage people. Because if we can manage people better, we can iterate better, all right? Then that just adds, um, it adds context to everything that's happening within Gong or Rain DNA, right? Or any of these like data sort of inputs. Um, so it's like two sides of the, of the same coin to a certain extent, right? It's like use data, better manage people, and then iterate off of that. And then you use things like reading DNA and whatnot to be able to sort of drive change um, on the daily activities you do. Yeah, definitely. So what, what do you think it is like today? Why are people so like indoctrinated in the way that they're managing like their, their humans and their people? Like why, why is it this way? Well, I, you know, I think most of the time is that we, we kick everything up to HR. Right. Where, you know, and if you, you go back, you know, 15, 20 years with like the Jack Welch sort of like GE sort of model, right. Where, you know, people decisions are really made on an HR level based off metrics, right. Like if you're in the top, whatever, then, you know, you cut the rest, if you're in the top 80%, you cut the bottom 20. And the world we live in today is sort of taken on that approach, right. Where as a sales manager, all you do is just manage the metrics, right. You manage Salesforce, you manage, you know, whatever other data sets you have coming in. And then if they're not hitting those numbers, you sit them down, you get them on a performance plan or whatever. All right. And you cut them off. And now we're starting to see things like coaching happen, but it's still not enough, right? Because coaching is still driving like the, the business aspect of what we do, but it's not taking sort of the, the human side of what we do. But to answer your question, managers have only become like metric managers, yeah. I, they need to understand is that to truly manage the things that we talk about with burnout and mental health and all these other things and just building overall company resiliency, you sort of need to s- remove HR out of that picture, right? And allow managers to treat and manage those things right when it happens. And then let HR handle the strategy aspects of it. Let them handle diversity and inclusion and equity and all those other things, right? That are hugely important to like running a, a successful company. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it answers your question. Yeah, no, totally. And cause it's like, and really it's unreasonable. Like you, you know, I worked for a company once where I think we had like 500 people in the United States and I think we had two HR people. 
right? Yeah. And, and so it's like, and they were both in New York. I was in San Francisco, right? And it's like, if I have an issue and I call, first of all, they're like, who the hell are you? Second of all, I explain it. They're like, you know, I mean, there's like zero context. How are they going to like coach through the situation? How are they going to foster alignment? How are they going to like, you know, create this idea of culture? Well, well, and let's be honest though, is that like they're the first, they're their first line of defense, right? Really, HR is there, is, is there and, and this is going to sound very mean. So I know that HR loves people, right? And they want to protect their people, right? But that structure is really set up to protect risk, yeah. right? Because if you're not giving managers the power to actually treat these things when it's happening, all right, then the HR can't manage that. HR can only manage that when when shit actually hits the fan and things are about to blow up, and then you have to do something. Right? And it's because, and, and it becomes a, a, a risk mitigation issue. Yep. All right, so so that's the problem within itself is that there's no systems or structures in place to be able to sort of understand what's going on with your people on a very ground level. Yeah. So okay. So we've. I mean, I think we've like teed up a lot of like the issue, right? We're kind of dancing around it. How are you looking at like solving this problem? Like, talk a little bit about Leon's approach and really almost more meta, like this coaching approach and how Leon is kind of tapping into that. Yeah. So you know, I'll, I'll back up and go to my background, right? So I was. Um, I worked in sports science for USA Track and Field. Worked with a bunch of track and field athletes and whatnot. And we also worked with the NFL and a bunch of other guys like. Uh, um, and essentially what we did is we used data science to predict performance to predict injury in professional athletes, right? So, um, and with that data, we would take that, give that to coaches, and they would make changes and iterations to the training program based off the data that's coming in, right? Whole idea was um, on the concept that the, the athlete that can repeat performance over and over again has a bigger adaptation curve, all right, and um, has a higher chance of winning. With Leon, it's really about the same thing, right? Is that we, we use these buzzwords like resiliency and grit and um, you know like burnout and all these other things, but we don't really mitigate these issues, right? And we don't definitely don't predict it, all right? Yeah. What we do is we wait for it to fucking happen, all right? And then we implement some sort of playbook or some sort of strategy to be able to fix it. But what we're doing, much like, you know, you're seeing with Gong and some of those other companies, is that we're having data coming in almost on a weekly basis, all right, even sometimes sooner than that, all right, which is giving us a signal if your employees are burning out, or actually even on the opposite end of it, if they are, are they don't have a high risk of burning out, mm-hmm. all right, because that's important, right, because it's, it, it, everything's not just about taking stuff away. Sometimes we need to understand if we can add stress, right? Okay. We take that data that goes into our growth windows concepts. We tell you if your teams need support and if your teams need challenge, right? And exactly what metric they need support or challenge in. And then we prescribe the specific playbook for frontline managers to be able to implement with their people. And then we quantify the playbook in the back end. So we'll tell you if that playbook actually worked or didn't work. And then our algorithm and our machine learning um, algorithm will determine um what what is the next step right right um so yeah that's what we do i mean this is like sports science for frontline managers really yeah and, and the goal right is and this is something that like attracted me to leon since day one right it's on the individual it's on the people yeah we're giving this to the managers we're helping them be better managers but we're not doing it for them we're not doing it so you can make a billion more dollars right it's to help build these better humans because really the ideas built into Leon's platform. Sure, we're measuring these certain things, but really like this process is something that people can take outside of Leon and just apply to their life, right? Like this iterative, you know, you're tired all the time. 
like, great, go, go try, you know, go to bed a little earlier, like try to decrease caffeine, you know, mess around with these things, be in touch with yourself on that day-to-day basis. All of a sudden you're teaching people how they can self-regulate. You know, and it goes back to like the the fitness thing, right? Is that any workout program works to a point, right? And any playbook that you try to run to reduce burnout or improve mental health is going to have some sort of impact most likely. Right. Um, But what matters is really um, the time who you're implementing that playbook with who, and when you're implementing that playbook, right? So if I say that you're burnt out, I need to understand that range of burnout, right? Like, are you highly burnt out? Like, do we need to like implement some sort of load management strategy where like we're reducing hours, right? Or maybe you're sort of trending towards burnout and you need, you know, a little bit more sort of like recommitment to your personal mission or your goals or whatever have you, right? And it's understanding those ranges because quite honestly, if I were, say you were just trending towards banner, or even another example is, say you're on the sales team, all right, but I get, for some reason, I'm HR, and I get a, a note sent through Lattice or something like that that says, we're burning out. Yeah. This is a product manager, right, or a product employee. What most likely is the impact of that message? And I'm asking you. Right. Like, what, you mean, like, what would the- HR what happens, right? So I, I'll answer it for you. So that that message gets sent up, kicked up to HR, possibly a CEO or something like that. What do they do, right? They implement a strategy across the board for the whole entire right. organization, right? But what if the sales or team or nothing, right? Um, I mean, nowadays you are starting to see the companies actually do something about yeah. it, right? Which is fucking awesome. But on the other side of that, what if the sales team is not burning out? Yep. All right. So this HR manager decides we're going to go to four day work weeks for the next six months. Mm-hmm. All right. But what if the sales team is actually not burned out? And what if they're highly resilient? Right. Like what if, you know, the data from Leon shows that this team is really resilient and has a high amount of grit and is not trending towards burnout. Yeah. Arguably, you would say that the sales team shouldn't have gone to a four day work week. Right you could argue you could have increased the hours of the sales team, or you could have increased OKRs, or you could have increased anything. It gave them more stress. But we look at the way that we manage people, just like the example I gave above where, before where one little data signal, I, you know, determined from, you know, a product employee, I get to the HR manager or the founder and the whole entire organization changes. Yeah. All right. But with Leon, we can give you the data that's going to tell you the individual teams, how they need support or how they need challenge. Plus give your managers actually the playbooks and the strategies to implement. So you don't have to make these super aggressive strategies and we see it on LinkedIn, right? All the time. And people are fucking celebrated for implementing 40 work weeks or eliminating meetings. Like, dude, that's awesome. You care about your people, but like, we've talked about this, like, you know, more data, less voodoo. Like most of the time it's just guesswork and just randomly throwing things at the wall. I think Um, especially, (laughs) I, I hate the, like, Four day work weeks. It's funny. A bunch of people are going to hate this. Like, I'm not even a big fan of it because I personally, I probably work like seven days a week, almost every week. Right. It's just different stimulus. I'm not spending eight hours every single day, Saturday, Sunday, like crunching away. It's like a very different cadence where there's higher stress days. They're going to be like all the selling activities, cold outreach, whatever. Mm -hmm. I have days that are almost completely creative. I have days, you know, on the weekends, usually I'll sit down and I'll just think about like the week prior and the week next. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, 
to me, if I was a salesperson, especially look, a salesperson's accountable to a quota, right? Some sort of quota. And if you go, Hey, like the company's burning out, we're, we're going to take a day away. Like if you're not adjusting quota 20%, that salesperson, they're like stress, 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 because they're like, Holy shit. How am I going to keep up with this with the whole well, it's, it's week? Also too. Like, yes, I, I agree on adjusting the quota aspect of it, but maybe that person wants to work. Right. Right. Like maybe that person doesn't want to take four days off. Maybe they're highly money motivated. All right. And now you're causing them more stress. Right. Because, and now you're, now they're questioning, now they're questioning alignment, right. To the company and their commitment to the company, because you just reduced my hours down, you know, by eight or 12 hours per day. All right. um, Over the week. And now I have less opportunity to make money. Right. And be able to achieve my personal goals, whatever that is. And how uncreative Uh, is it to say that we as a company, like, I mean, to reduce a, a work day is basically to admit that like we are so incapable of providing like a positive working experience that the only way that we can address this is to just like remove. No, right? I, I, I can. It's I like, why do that? Like, hey, couldn't you use that day? What if you just did, hey, no KPIs, no metrics, renew all team building, all, you know, whatever learning and development. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be your job is so awful. The only like relief from this is to just free you from it for an extra day or for a couple extra yeah. hours over the summer. Mm-hmm. It's just no, like- I, I agree, man. I, it, again, like it comes down to is like, there is no one size fits all anything, right? Like you need to understand the right strategy at the right time for the right people to be able to make an impact on how we, you know, manage individuals. You know, it's uh, we're, we're too reactive on these type of things, right? Like, yeah. One, you know, you do have to earn the right to recover. You know, we're, we're so quick to be like, eliminate stress, eliminate this. Like, you know, sometimes like getting, you know, really sort of like in the muck um, and really stressed out is an important part of growth, right? Yeah. But it's understanding how far you can take that, yeah. all right, before it becomes a negative adaptation, right? So, um and the way that we're managing people right now, it's, it's so reactive. It's just like, yeah. well, and it's too, it's like, we kind of miss out on this idea of like, you, you know, a better worker is going to get more done in less time, just flat out. So like our goal should be like, everyone have six, six hour work day, but get the same amount as that eight hour, because like you said, you've kind of earned it. Right. I think of a Dorian Yates, right. He won six of Mr. Olympias in a row, uh, training three days a week, 45 minutes a day, right? That's it. So you have all these bodybuilders and a whole lot of juice. Well, of course, of course. But like (laughs) the point being that like, you know, he just went, look, I show up to the gym and I get my shit done. I don't mess around. I'm not, you know, whatever, get rid of all the extra stuff. And he's, he distilled it down into like, what is the lowest inputs that I can be hyper-effective at in order to get things done. And I think to me, that's like such a desirable working situation, both from an employer standpoint, like, Hey, if my person can just get the things I hire them to get done, done in a, you know, less time. Awesome. And then from the employee, it gives you an incentive to like be aggressive towards it. Well, and and on that same point, I completely agree. But what we have to remember is that like your ability to do that, Dorian Yates' ability to do that was predetermined probably before that person was born. Right. Yeah. To a certain extent, because like, there's there's genetic factors, there's epigenetic factors, there's all these other things. Right. And then maybe the way that he was, you know, he was um, as parental sort of like parenting and like all these things matter to the point where during the years was able to get to a point where he was able to do that. Our employees are the same as that way. Right. Like we talk about resilience all the time, you know, but if you really dig into like the idea of resilience is that like a lot of it's innate. A lot of it is sort of like, 
you know, were born with it or learned it over a period of time. So like specifically, like when we talk about like burnout, um, burnout is, it's a physiological problem, which presents itself as a psychological problem, right? It starts on a physiological level. It gets to the point where people are depressed or want to quit their job or, you know, you know, God forbid, get a drug problem or something like that. Um, that's when you know it's like systemic and it's really sort of kicked in. But the path to get to that point is different for everybody, Yeah. right? One person, that might just be a, a month of just really feeling like shit. Another person, that might be three years, yeah. all right? So, um, you know, to your point, it's, we have to look at, we have to give people the ability and the understanding to be able to sort of make fluctuations and iterations to how they work that best suits them. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And it, and it just, I even think that the posture of an organization or as a manager to say, hey, I, first of all, I understand these sorts of concepts and I'm going to try to implement that. Like that alone probably has positive effects on all of these things, right? Because I know as an individual, if my manager is going, hey, Kellen, make more calls, make more dials, get sales numbers up. And you just know that no matter what you do next month or next one-on-one, -on -one, you get the same thing in the next month and the next one-on-one, -on -one, the same thing. And it's just forever, forever, forever it's really hard to buy into that vision. Whereas if you have a manager coming in and going, we're going to do this two month training block or like this two month focus on, you know, X, Y, Z, we expect this to burn you out a little bit. We expect this mm -hmm. to be challenged, but on the back end of this, we're going to ease you guys out of it. Maybe we're going to do a four day work week for a little bit because you're going to earn it. I imagine that that buy-in is just so much better. I think again, back to like my weightlifting stuff, when I have a program that works off one rep maxes and it says like, you can hit these numbers my confidence in my ability to hit those numbers is way better than if I'm just mm -hmm. going in and being like, yeah, I'm gonna do like four by five back squat and see kind of what feels all right. You're always going to cheat yourself down a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree, man. And you know, like what you said about like stretching a little bit and going into 40 work weeks, like, and that's like simple biology, right? Like that is like, that is general sort of like stress recovery. Um, it's called general adaptation syndrome, right? So like this is your people go through this all the time. And let's talk about this, right? So the idea is, you know, you're, you have this level of homeostasis, all right? There's a disruption of homeostasis. So there's like a stress response or a threat uh, perceived. There's a disruption of homeostasis. All right, that goes down. And then if there's no other stimulus given, what happens? All right, your body starts sort of recovering, right? It starts sort of super compensating. All right, eventually breaking that threshold of homeostasis. All right. And now you have a higher level of homeostasis. That's, that's fitness. Right. And I mean, improving fitness. I don't mean that just from like being on a mile. I mean like improving fitness from like a biological standpoint. Yep. So, but that's how we should be looking at we manage our people is that like this constant interplay between stress and recovery, stress and recovery over long periods of time, over like a trend trend line, that's how you build resiliency. That's how you build grit. But without that, I would argue that most of the time we're taking away resiliency yeah. from our people, right? Where, um, and we're actually hurting them more than we're helping them because of that reason. Well, and that's it. I think that just ties so well into this culture of coaching that's emerging, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's exactly right. Managers look at some fucking spreadsheet or some KPIs and tell the people doing good, good job. Tell the people in the middle, you know, stretch yourself, tell the people on the bottom, you're in trouble right? Like that's managing, mm -hmm. right? And it's like very impersonal. It's, you know, whatever. And then you have this coaching idea and it's so great because a coach also has like the skin in the game, right? Like a manager, it's almost like an adversarial, 
adversarial relationship where it's like, I'm accountable against my manager. My manager kind of has to beat me up when I'm not doing quite good enough. Like I'm kind of, you're almost like uh, skeptical mm-hmm. of each other. The coach is like, dude, my, my bonus is on the line. Let's go in this fucking Super Bowl, right? How yeah. can I get the most out of you? That's my, literally my job. And so I think mm-hmm. taking that idea and you have all these companies that are looking at coaching, but a lot of them still miss the like, why? Why are you yeah. doing this? Why right now? If you're still leaning on guesses, it's not going yeah. to be quite enough. I mean, there, there's such a blind spot there, right? Because if you think about it, like, let's use the sports analogy, right? So if I'm Bill Belichick, all right, and I'm going in to coach up my players, and the only thing I know is the game tape, how good of a fucking coach am I going to be? Right. Right? Because, but Bill Belichick doesn't have that, right? He understands the game tape. He understands you know, so-and-so missed a block or what his technique was off or whatever, right? Some, you know, Cam Newton threw an interception. Like he sees that and he can coach that up the same way that any one of these coaching, coaching softwares that's gone nowhere else can drive that sort of like that coaching. All right. But that's only on game tape. All right. What about all the other shit? What about assessing, um, does Cam Newton have a fucked up shoulder? All right. Does it's Cam Newton, you know, not sleeping at night is his nutrition all? Did he just get a divorce? Did, you know, his mother die? All these things matter. Right. And we're missing that. So you can't coach an individual with just game tape. You have to take in all these other things um, that allow you to coach the individual or the human part of it first. Right. And then you can get to managing calls and yeah. conversations. And it's crazy because people know this concept. Like that's what blows my mind is like literally you go look at anyone posting on LinkedIn right now about all of these things and you go talk about like the idea of coaching. You talk about you know the Vernon Davis on the 49ers under Mike Singletary versus Harbaugh, right? Like you have this guy there at ends and you have this elite player who's literally crying on the field, fighting with the coach, ineffective. You bring in someone else who coaches better to like that person's personality. All of a sudden you have a superstar, right? And yeah. that's all sorts of company. I, I bet every single sales team, like in all of tech has in someone in the bottom third of their team. That's like that Vernon Davis. Like I've seen it time and time and time again, where, and honestly, a lot of these managers know it. Like I've, you know, I've absolutely worked for managers who would openly be like, I think this person's so good. I don't get why they're not doing better. And I guarantee you plug them that team into Leon and you start seeing issues, right? You start seeing happiness be low. You start seeing whether it's burnout, whether it's a problem with grittiness or resiliency, Mm -hmm. or they feel super misaligned, Mm -hmm. all of that shit's out there. And so it's like, it's literally free, like performance management. Like it's like, you have better results sitting in front of you. And, and that, and that's the problem is that, and what happens there is we just chalk it up as like a personality thing, Yeah. right? Like, oh, I'm just not a good manager for him or her. Right. Like that's exactly what it is. Right. Um, when it could be something else, you just don't have the data or you don't know the question or you don't know the playbook to implement, to be able to fix that issue. Yeah. Right. Like maybe that person needs more autonomy, but you're doing the opposite. Right. Um, or on the other side of it, like it, and it, autonomy is another, that's really, really funny thing. Right. Is, a lot of times when our employees are burning out, all right, what do we have a tendency to do? We give them more autonomy. Like, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to let that person, you know, simmer and chill and whatnot, right? But sometimes that's the exact opposite thing, yeah. right? So, you know, and I, I said, I posted this on LinkedIn is that we have these mental models and these ideas um, that of the way that we should be managing our people. 
but by nature, they're designed to fail, right? Because they're models. Right? There's things that we think might work. Right? But what ends up happening is we end up applying those mental models to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and with your example, the mental model for that specific coach, or meaning um, Singletary, yeah. right? Um, his mental model for managing Vernon Davis did not work. Yeah. Right? But Harbaugh's did. Yeah. All right? But with Leon, we can remove that mental model. Yep. All right. You can still have it, but we can give you input that might give you another direction as far as how better to manage the human part of the individual, not just the playbook. Okay. And I think there's a lot of, you know, we talk about um, imperfect execution, right? And I think there's a lot of momentum that gets built because to me, part of the issue, like you think of that burned out person, they're sitting there, they're feeling worthless, hopeless, you know, they're drowning, like all of those sorts of ideas you give them space. Is that really going to help? You might want to like micromanage two metrics, 10 calls, 10 emails, let's say, Mm -hmm. and just go, Hey, if you call me by noon and tell me you've done 10 cold calls and 10 emails, that's a win for the day. Tomorrow we'll do 11, 12. And you start building this momentum of success. You're, you're breaking away from almost like buying into your own burnout. Like if you're like, you're burnt out, you're not doing well, we're going to give you space because you got to do nothing. Like I've seen way tons of people be in that space and really like dwell in it, almost like believe in it too much where it's like, okay, cool. You know, fair, very real happens to everyone. Let's look at like, what is, you know, like you said earlier with the MVP, it's like, what's the MVP of performance? Like, how can we start getting you along the way? So Mm -hmm. that a month from now you're hitting your numbers it probably shouldn't be, we're going to give you two weeks off. We're going to give you two weeks ramp. And no, now it's I mean, you never do that. Right. Like again, using the sports thing, we never just shut down training. Yeah. Right. It's never that they're always, there's always some sort of stimulus and with employees, ultimately that's what we're trying to do. Right. Is that we're trying to maintain a certain level of fitness to perform. And we're trying to increase that over time. But what do you think happens when you shut down for two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is, right? There's a drop in fitness. I mean, this is very, very true, right? Um, So going back to your analogy, and I think it's a great analogy where maybe you just manage that 10 calls, you know, whatever you said per day. And that's, that's their recovery, right? Like that's their, that's their way to keep them in the game, meaning mindset and whatnot. All right. Why they sort of back off and recover a little bit. And you slowly sort of ramp that up. All right. And then eventually over time, all right, they're able to sort of improve that. Right. So we're going from 10 calls to hundred calls per day, but we've done it in sort of a periodized plan. Yeah. All right. Over time that took into account recovery and back offs and all of these other things. Right. Um, Dude, it's, it's not rocket science, but we still look at employees as machines yep. and not actual biological organisms. You know? Yeah, no, 100%. So I got to ask, like, so wh- wh- where's the vision, right? We're talking a lot about like right now, where's this go? Like get crazy, right? And you and I are really good at this. Like how, yeah. how far can this go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think I want to get to a point where I don't know what the vision is, man. Oh, I just know that I want to. I just know that I want to make managers better. Yeah. All right, and I want to empower managers to make better decisions so people can be happier. Like, and I've told you this. Regardless if that is in Lee on the platform or if it's Lee on someone else, I don't even give a shit to tell you the yeah. truth. I'm not married to the plot to the product. I'm married to the vision of just making better people. Yeah. All right, and then giving them their lives and their freedom and their happiness back. All right, because too many times founders and owners and whatever we steal that from people 
Yeah. And I just don't want to do that. So if we can solve that problem of stealing happiness from people, regardless if that's through playbooks or growth windows or the performance index or humans or data intelligence or programming, whatever that is, I really don't care. Let's just make people better. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's, I, uh, I have a friend who's like a writer, right. And his name's Paul Scalas and he, uh, he writes about what he calls a four hour life. Right. And he literally says that like, as a, as an employed person, you sleep eight hours, you work eight hours, you have four hours that you're doing like kind of, you know, your admin stuff, eating, cooking, cleaning, that sort of stuff. And then you have four hours, five days a week. That's your life. That's a four hour life. Mm-hmm. And what he talks about is how the, the Delta between that, those people and like founders, owners, self-employed people, whatever is, you know, they're in the 12 hour life because those eight hours that like a guy like us are getting to our employer, they, those people have the freedom of, and he talks about all sorts of like crazy statistics around the happiness and the health outcomes and all sorts of things. And I think it's just like so clear that like mm-hmm. looking at your work relationship is just like, I trade money for eight hours of my time, whatever that eight hours is, it's just like, so uncreative like to the the depth and craziness and complexity that we have of ai and technology and all these complex systems and we still look at a person and we're just like you're just like my per, you know you're my input for eight hours and that's what i pay you for it's like mm-hmm. come on man like we can do a lot better than that and i think uh you know i mean that's that's a great that's a great analogy about the, the four hour life you know to tell you the truth and you know it's funny it's you know and going back to that that concept like i would say even as a founder like i even have probably less than that oh yeah and and people think that i have like this unlimited freedom like i don't but i probably have a two-hour life at this point right between managing you know my children and all these other things right so probably about a two-hour life but that said i am way less stressed out than when i actually worked for someone yeah because all these other inputs that are coming in of things that like you sort of can't control, right? Like how does my manager feel about me? Is my job secure? You know, what can I control? What can I control? Like these are constant stressors that are coming into employees' lives, which we, most of the time, we don't take account of, right? As managers or leaders. Like, I'll be honest, like, I don't think about like, does Kellen think he's going to get fired next week? Like, but that's like a real thing. And sometimes we do that to ourselves, Yeah, you know, like, as a you know someone who has like who has investors do i like sometimes i do think that our investors are going to take our money if we don't speed things up you know but that's that's just called stress man and how we manage people is we have to take into account all those other things all right um you know that's why like things like employee engagement products in my eyes are bullshit right because they're not actually trying to improve the person Right. So like with our playbooks, like we'll give you, we'll give employees playbooks, like we'll provide access to services, things along those lines that they can use to get better. If it's fucking taking a cold shower, doing uh, meditation, you know, signing up for a gym, whatever that is. All right. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to take a top down and bottoms up approach to improving organizations and people. All right. Employee engagement companies and HR managers and whatnot. Everything is always top down. And the issue too is that's like a single point of failure, right? And like, that's a big part of like, again, what we talked about with Leon is like, you have, if you have this top-down approach where it's like, you know, CEOs, like I care about this shit. So I'm going to tell HR to roll out this program and HR is going to tell the managers, 
what happens is there's still a team that's relying on their manager to be the really great conduit for this very great intention. Mm -hmm. Right. And you go, like you said, you go ask people, it's not the case, right? It's not a world out there on LinkedIn of people being like, holy shit, I'm totally supported. This is perfect. <laughs> like, you know, mm -hmm. I have, you know, I have the best setup. Usually it's like, yeah, you know, and people don't necessarily blame their managers. I don't because mm -hmm. companies, they're just some individual also, right? Like the, the CEO is just some individual, right? These are all just mm -hmm. people. When we really like strip back this idea of like the CEO has to never do anything wrong. They have to know everything and be perfect. And the HR manager has to know everything and be perfect. And my, it's like, no, no, no. Like we should look for how can companies best support their people and how can we give people an environment where they can have whatever they need, whatever they want, right? Like, oh. I'm, like I'm the kind of person that becomes a super user of something because if I like it, I will go out of my way to like engage with it more, right? And providing mm -hmm. that a lot of companies don't, right? Like I've been in plenty of situations where I wanted, even in the context of like product knowledge, where I'm like, okay, I know that I only need to know this, but I want to keep learning more because that interests me and that stimulates me and that's what keeps me excited. And the companies sometimes are like, yeah, like, you know, you got it. We're, we're cool. You know, you're doing good yeah. enough. You're like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, and if you look at it, it's like going back to the employee engagement thing. If you're taking this top down, top down approach, most of the time, the reason that that employee is not engaged is because of the manager. Right. And it might not be that person's a bad manager, but the manager might not be engaged. Right. So you have this like top down approach which starts as like this great, like sort of like kernel of like, you know, motivation by a founder or an HR manager, but by the time it trickles down, right, it's been so diluted and watered down and it's hit so many different roadblocks and so many different, different levels of interpretation that it's never going to work. Right? Right. Like let's, let's think about, let's talk about how companies manage employee burnout today. Okay. So again, let's use that example. Product manager, says something on, you know, it was uh, like a, an anonymous sort of chat, like through, you know, a survey or something like that. Right. All right. And that gets to the CEO. What does the CEO do? And let's, let's role play this. What does the CEO do? Yeah. I mean, they probably, so if they're getting it from HR, they probably go, okay, how can we address this? Right. Like, mm -hmm. so they, so, so CEO kicks it down to HR. Yep. Right now, the HR is stressed out. All right, the HR manager stressed out because the CEO and founder say, "Listen, we need to fucking do something." Yeah. So what does HR do? Yes, and it's on you. So what does HR do? Yeah. So they're uh, either they turn to like a forum of other HR people, right, or they start hitting up some vendors that they saw on LinkedIn. I guess. Right. right? So they're so, and they're going to start looking for strategies. Yeah. All right. They're going to go online like in how to manage search. How to end employee burnout, how to fix employee burnout, which at that point they'll get to an HBR article or, you know, they'll get to some LinkedIn post or something like that. Right. And then now they have a plan. They have a playbook that they want to implement. All right. So um, say and use that example, say we're going to implement a four day work week. All right. So, boom, they implement that four day work week. They say team for the next 90 days, we're going to move to a four day work week. But do we know? that that's the reason that people are burned out yeah not you know, like is it is is it is it a load management thing do they need more time off right. or do they need more training right or do is it like a deep personalization projects. literally your product manager, maybe they have too much to do in too yeah little maybe time. exactly maybe they Just, maybe they have too much to do right or or maybe they live in 
I don't know, um, you know, name a, a city or town, you know, where, you know, maybe during like the BLM stuff, oh, right. right, where there was a, you know, name a city, right, um, that was just going through a lot. Maybe they're just highly stressed the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Like maybe personally, they're really stressed out. And yes, maybe eliminating for a, a day might fix some of that. But if, you know, 60% of your employees are worried about getting fired or worried about just personal issues or something like that, that's not going to fix that. Right. Yeah. So ultimately what you be, have to be able to do is that that comes to the CEO, gets kicked down to HR. HR needs to look at the data, figure out exactly which teams are trending towards burnout, which teams are not towards trending towards burnout. All right. And then from there, provide the exact playbook for the right team to be able to fix the issues that they are dealing with. So maybe the product manager team or the, the product team, uh, maybe they go do go to a four-day work week because maybe legitimately they're overworked. Yep. All right. Maybe the sales team, you know, maybe they do need some sort of like team building event, or maybe there's just an alignment sort of issue on the mission of the company and whatnot. And they need to sort of like recommit. There needs to be some sort of exercise or playbook to improve that. All right. And then maybe the customer success team is just really overwhelmed with the amount of customer issues that are coming in because your whole team's burnt out. So no one's fucking happy. They're building piss poor product and no one's selling anything and, you know, and things are breaking. So the customer success team is really, really overwhelmed. All right. Maybe they're beyond a four day work week for the next, you know, 90 days. Maybe they all, they need a four day work week, but maybe they also need, you know, some sort of like mental health support or on, on the back end, right? Like maybe that you do need to buy headspace for your whole entire organization. All right. Or maybe you, you do need to provide some sort of recommendation about like how much, how to manage stress, right? A specific type of stress. Like this is performance management. The other way is just throwing a blanket at something and uh, thinking that's going to get everybody in your company warm. Like it yeah. just doesn't work. That yeah. It's like, you no. wouldn't call it performance management. If you bought your salespeople a new suit and they look good and they felt good. Right. You wouldn't be like suits or performance management software. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because mm-hmm. it affects the thing doesn't mean it's actually doing that. We're talking about literally managing performance and we're doing well, it. And, then, and more importantly is how do you know that actually worked? Right. Yeah. You exactly. know, this is going to happen again, right? Like this is most likely a systemic issue that's affecting your company. And maybe it's a positive thing, right? Maybe you're growing so fast and revenue skyrocketing that that's just burning out your team and you just can't keep up with it. Cool. Right. But that means it's going to happen again. Yeah. And people we love do. to attribute like what they did to the outcomes they got, mm-hmm. even when it's not the case, right? Like people mm-hmm. love that's, you know, it's bro science, right? And basically we have bro science. It's like HR bro science, right? Where it's yeah. like, Oh, like someone, you know, you might have a team that's burning out. You might implement a four day work week, not even realize, like, let's say it's our team, right? It's a relatively small team, dozen people. Maybe we do a four, four day work week. And it just so happens that like the three people who are burning out the most with that extra day, you know, have something else happen. Or, or maybe like, you know, just to use like a ridiculous one, like let's say you win the lottery, right? You're probably not going to be scoring too bad on burnout right after winning the lottery, because you're just going to be like dopamine release, right? But it um, yeah. took that survey and you looked and all of a sudden their burnout was fixed. You're like, oh man, our four day work week fucking crushed it. This was perfect, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 it has nothing to do with that. It's all this other thing. Yeah, I, I, there's tons of noise, right? And, and, and sort of understanding like what actually improved that, thing, right? But that's why it's so important to have quantified playbooks in the back end. It's like you want to know, what if your employees liked it, right? but two, if it impacted the metric at all. 
all right, if it impacted burnout in any way and not subjectively, like legitimately objectively, so you can implement that at another time um, or even more so um, learning from that. And if it didn't work, what are other stimuluses or what are other playbooks that you're able to implement that might work a little bit? It's all just data, right? right? Like I'm such a big fan of this approach of like, people are really focused on like succeeding, on doing the right things and everything. And I think it's so ridiculous because I like, it's all just data points, right? If you know your people are burnt out, you try something. If it works and you can prove it, that's your data point. This is helpful for this team in this context, right? And you can think about why it may or may not be the case. If you try something and it doesn't work, that's not like a loss, right? That's a data point. You went, my team's burnt out, four-day work week doesn't actually help it. That's your data point. You know something, right? And so a lot of people I think are so focused on the right answer. You know, it's the paralysis by analysis thing. Again, it blows my mind that like this concept is so well understood in every part of like work life, except for when we talk about how we work with people. Yeah, and it's it's super funny, man. It's like uh, somehow we've become like, Instagram influencer managers, yeah. right? Where the, we're like, we're like, you know, do this specific exercise and it's going to make your, you know, your butt look like this or drink this specific tea and this will happen, right? Like it's not, that's not how stuff works, man. It's Especially just absolutely it's crazy. Successful company. You go get a successful company that attracts the best talent and crushes their results. And so they have great results no matter what they're doing. And then you have, mm-hmm. you know, the Instagram manager, like, oh, you know what I do with my team is I made them read this fucking book, right? And look at our growth. And, you know, it goes back to the, like, everyone likes to attribute the things they did to the outcomes they got without really thinking about, like, what is it actually? Because if you have, like, that selection bias of having excellent performers, you can't pretend that the things you do are just the reason, right? Like, if that's just who you have anyways, uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting. Yeah, our next next release is going to be flat tummy tea. For managers, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's absolutely ridiculous, man. The way that the way that we try to manage people nowadays. Yeah, consumer, a bunch of like consumer packaged good, like uh, mm-hmm. product, like quota, you know, qu- quota aid, you know, crack open exactly. Aid, like, <laughs> quota aid. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like a pill. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Let's do all of that. Okay, so before before we finish, though, I do want to get into a little bit, just because we're talking about very like macro stuff. What are some of the things you do personally? What works well for Brian? Like you're a founder, we're you know a small startup, we're all working crazy hours. I, mean, I, I, you know, I think this is where we need to be honest, right? Like, fuck, I'm burnt out. Yeah, you know, like, but that's part of it, right? And like where I'm at right now and trying to grow this company and release this product, you know, things changing, it's constant stimulus and all these other things. Like, honestly, like I'm relishing it. Like I love it. But at the same time, I am sort of trending towards burnout or pretty much almost there. And I could probably hook myself to HRV right now and show you, I've actually show you, like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there, but you know, like we've talked about before, it's sometimes it's necessary. Yep. Right. Sometimes to get where you need to go, um, you know, you, you have to burn out, burn out. That said, I also understand how to manage it to a certain extent. Right. Um, like one thing, like fasting, believe it or not, probably helps me a ton, like intermittent fasting yep. before I eat, like around, like I usually do like 19 hours, you know, or 18 okay. hours or something like that. Right. Um, 
that's where I get the most done 100%. I'm mm-hmm. much clearer. I have much more energy, whatever. Um, exercise, obviously. Um, I hate fucking meditation, so I don't meditate at all. Yep. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just oh. doesn't be my personality type. I just yep. can't do that. Um, and man, like, you know, I legit work probably 16 hours a day right now. And that, that's not hustle culture. That's just what needs to happen to be able to get where I want this to go. Yeah. I think a lot of it's alignment, right? Because I, I actually, I talk with my wife frequently about the same idea of like, right now I work more than I had been otherwise, but I'm way happier. And it's mm-hmm. like very, very interesting because I was in a situation where I like kind of had a cushy situation, right? Like, it, you know, things were fine and like, whatever, but it wasn't very fulfilling. And I think now it's kind of like having this mission alignment on like, we are getting shit done and seeing what that means mm-hmm. allows to like, you, you can perform better even in that burnout realm, because you're kind of like, you know what, like, I, I know I'm burnt out, but like, this is, you know, it's a Super Bowl, right? Like we're in the situation, we're getting it done, right? And we, there's this thing that'll come and I'm sure someone's listening going, just wait, because you get to the next thing and you immediately do it again, might be the case. <laughs> Well, that, see, that's interesting, right? And I ask myself this all the time, is that if Leon scales to whatever it, I think it could be, right? Am I still going to be as passionate about it? Right. Right? Um, most likely, but, and this goes back to like the Super Bowl analogy, which you brought up, is the teams that win the Super Bowl, most of the time never repeat the Super Bowl, right? right? And actually most of the time they have a losing record the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in, in the situation of us, when we talk about building resiliency and building, you know, grit, like everything we do on a daily basis to try to, you know, to grow this company is us building resiliency over a period of time. And then you're going to have that ebb and flow, right? Where we're going to highly stressed out sometimes and that's going to drop and whatever. But it's this linear curve that I all, I think we're all very cognizant of that and how we manage that and making sure that everything is sort of like progressing forward, mm-hmm. right? So with managers, when we're managing teams, it's about repeating performance over and over and over again. You know, like, so if you're a sales team, you have to be able to manage your employees in a way where they can consistently push forward forever, right? Um, Because you don't want that person to sort of turn over, all right? Um, But the only way to do that is by managing in the way that we're talking about, right? Like using sort of this, you know, performance sort of agile model of knowing when to back off, knowing when to increase stress, back off, increase stress, back off, increase stress over time, you know, building in this sort of like linear way. Yeah, definitely. No, and I I think uh, it's just one of those things where I think, you know, you, you, again, you kind of, it's a, I look at it through like Taleb's asymmetries idea, right? And it's like, right now is like a time of asymmetrical opportunity, right? Like our inputs right now, can just so drastically affect like the trajectory of Leon, mm. then, like, that's the time to do it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Man. Sweet. Well, before we end, is there anything else that you wanted to go over and cover? Or are we calling a wrap for now? No, I think we're good to go. All right, cool. Well, thanks all for listening and uh, we'll talk again real soon. All right, take care.